Thank you so much to our new patrons, Tabs, Shane Haggerty, Mitchell Evanali, Jake Picado, Tyler Cantrill, Jonah Everts, Makita Rodriguez, and Zachary B. Folks, you are the Parmesan on our spaghetti. To support Book Reviews Kill and gain access to exclusive videos, deleted scenes, and full-length episodes, please click on the link in the description for this episode. Hello and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, The Rings of Power Season 2 has begun production at Brace Studios outside London, England. Season 1 was filmed in New Zealand over 18 months, but production has moved to the United Kingdom, which is considered more economical location for filming. Yeah, New Zealand is where all this stuff is supposed to be. <laughs> I know. I kind of feel like the heart of Lord of the Rings lives in New Zealand now. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot you can do with green screens, obviously. Maybe right. they could make it look like New Zealand, but it's still, now I know it's not in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, all that rain is really going to get in the way of those wide scene flyover shots, you know? Maybe they'll just wait for it to not rain in England, which is like, <laughs> I don't know, like 11 days out of the year. I don't know, that's cool that the season two is going and probably be ready for, I don't know, probably like by the end of next year or something like that. Yeah, I kind of thought that they were going to do one a year, like the typical show releases, but maybe they need a little bit more time. I don't know, I'm sure there's a lot that goes into that show. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the post-production, obviously, like everything in that show is just immaculate and just huge and shiny and beautiful. So, yeah, I imagine it takes a while, but... I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe if we hadn't been told, we wouldn't have been able to. T- I, I can't even. Yeah, we we would have been able to tell. It's not England is not New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. It's really pretty though. I it mean, doesn't I was quite there. have the epic vistas. No, but there's something. There's something pretty about it. It definitely has that old vibe. The Shire is kind of modeled after where J.R.R. Tolkien grew up in, like rural England. So, yeah, there's some there's some inspiration there and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be cool. What have you been up to this week? Oh man, just uh, reading and getting things done. The typical typical week here. I've been really, really enjoying The Girl in the Stars by Mark Lawrence. I almost finished it. And it's a very, very good book. It's just like the setting is one of the most unique settings that I've ever experienced. Just like these tubes of ice. Because it's yeah. all inside of a glacier, like a mile underground. It's just a really unique setting. And it's beautiful with like the ice like glistening with stars and it's all embedded with the they call them stars but they're little like magic rocks that glow that are like magic from a bygone era so like the whole place is like sparkling because it's ice and also sparkling because of these star magic rocks embedded within the ice wall that everybody's mining did you find that this book was way different than prince of thorns the other way different like very very i like this a lot more actually yeah that's a mark of a good author that can kind of you know write one thing that you were like meh i don't know and then another thing that you're kind of obsessed with yeah i will say it takes a couple turns where you're like oh this is what the story is about then it's like no it's not and you're like oh wow okay but none of them are bad. Like, I've never been unhappy with the decisions that he's made in his story. It's just very much, he likes to shake things up, for sure. Is it single point of view? It is. Yeah, I can't think of anyone. Yeah, it is single point of view. I love a single point of view. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm such a sucker for it. Like, don't complicate this any more than it needs to be. Let's just stick with one person. But sometimes you meet characters along the way, and you would very much love to be in their head for a couple of chapters. But the single point of view is just 
It's money. It's money. Yeah. And this, you really like the, and become like very emotionally attached to the main character. She's like, uh, she's easy to understand. It's just easy to get behind her. And she's obviously fighting for, for good things. You know, like her motivations are very pure and very honest. And she's presented with some really like difficult situations to overcome and to kind of deal with. And she does a really good job navigating them, even though it's kind of like crazy and involving the people that she loves most. And it's like complicated and just just done very well. I, I really think Mark Lawrence kind of shined in this book series. Is it big epic stakes? I mean, is the world at stake or is it a little bit more grounded and just kind of this community under the ice? It's a little more grounded in the community under the ice, but it, it all does tie back into the ice tribes that are on top of the ice. And that's all the world that we really know. Like, apparently, there's other parts of the world that aren't frozen over, but that's just kind of like rumor. It's, it's like somewhere in between full world stakes and then just small, like, clan stakes because we don't really know anything other than the clan. So it's like this world stakes, you know, what we're shown. It's kind of like alluding to, like, there was like a very high tech. Oh, it's one of those things. Yeah. Like, okay, there was yeah. in the past a very high tech society, but they messed things up pretty badly and so there's like no trees like she doesn't know what trees are oh man or like i greenery. love those kinds of books oh. so much where you kind of find like uh that's how um wheel of time is like in shadow rising yeah uh, uh-huh. i'm not gonna go too into detail if you haven't read it but you know i love those kinds of books where this might have been on earth right right like broken earth is a little bit like that too there's some Ooh. illusions where you're like i don't know maybe oh man i'm gonna start reading broken earth really soon i'm so excited for you to sink your teeth into those oh man uh that's like the one trilogy that everybody wants me to read and it's happening in the next like less than a week i just need to finish this thrawn book and then we're there nice i i think that you'll really love them my recommendation and i don't think this will be a problem because you are you and uh you crush books but they're not books to hang out on like you want to crush them okay yeah Yeah. like if you spend like three months you'll be like man i'm kind of just sad like, 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 it'll just, it's like just kind a of little dark, bit you know? of sadness every day for yeah, months on it. Yeah. I see what you're saying for sure. Yeah. So I think just like crush them and enjoy them and love them. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that advice. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of how you do books anyway. So like, you'll be fine. I mean, sometimes like David Bad took us forever. Yeah. I really it did. Was, and on that like note, I were... did finish uh, Empire of Gold here. Cool, so I'm excited too, to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Those shouldn't have taken us as long as it took us because they are really good. <laughs> but <laughs> I just. <laughs> the last book it, is long it's so long it was it's sitting so on my long. shelf for a while for it was sitting unread on my nightstand for like a week same just, just staring at me just judging me as i was starting other books and not that one and i know and because our followers are just the best people ever i have this stack of unread books that i've been sent Seriously. that i really really want to get to yep. i'm just ready to read them i'm ready for new things and i'm like oh i just need to finish this it's funny. That, so. um, I I just had my um my interview with Easy Cat from TikTok. Oh yeah, that um, go. It was awesome. We talked for like two and a half hours. Wow, um, of course you did. I should have recorded the entire thing, but I recorded a lot of it. Um, obviously, but um, he was telling me that he kind of gravitates towards shorter stuff because he loves moving through things and he feels <laughs> it's like a 700 to 800 page book he's like well i don't want to read that because i could read like four 200 page books oh wow in the same amount of time you know and it's like you're right but you're also missing out on stuff like empire of gold or you know or like uh, i mean i want to read the first binding it's sitting right next to me but it's like 900 pages and i right. totally feel what he's saying where it's like i could read that or I could read like five 250 page books. Right. There's and, an opportunity loss, whichever route you take. 
Yeah, because at one end, you know, those big giant door stoppers that when they're good, there's nothing oh, like them. There's nothing there's like a nothing giant like a... stopper door stopper. But uh, sometimes the emotional the... connection you can develop over 900 pages really? or three yeah. 900 pages is insane. That's so cool. I'm glad that you're that you're that you found something that you you're really into right now. That's yeah, the best. I'm really into them. And then I've been uh, my little fun like before. I go to bed book is just uh, the Merlin, the last years of Merlin book two, the seven songs, which man, those books are so great. Like, good. Seven they're songs YA, good. but they're incredible YA. They're like barely YA. They're barely YA. <laughs> they, like, I will just say crossover into it in the first book. It's very like, like you've told me because I've started writing a little bit. Uh, I did some writing this week, which is really cool. And I'm really excited to just keep writing more, but you were like, they'll become a time when you just are like oh my god what have i created i don't know how to continue <laughs> this and like you get kind of like confused at your own creation oh, and yeah. feeling kind of trapped and i feel like in the first book the lost years of merlin the point of where that hit hits for mark lawrence or for um ta baron T- T- thank you for ta baron is kind of obvious like right when um ria gets taken by the goblins and she gets hauled off to like the shrouded castle yeah it's like, I feel like T.A. Barron hit that point in his book. And he was like, damn it. Where do I go from here? Because the it goes Gotta from throw that. throw some stuff in his way. Yeah, it goes yeah. from that to like the end like pretty quickly. Yeah. And the pacing yeah. kind of changes, which is nice, but it's just kind of weird. So but yeah, I'm really enjoying them. And then, of course, I've sunken just a little. I've just nibbled at Frost and Starlight. Just nibbled at it. So Just nibbling. Just nibbling, just nibbling. We've I've had to focus on Empire of Gold, so I didn't get to as much of it as I want to. But uh, I'm nibbling, and it's uh, it's a tasty nibble so far. But it's I mean, you know, that's what I've come to expect. That's awesome. Yeah, what have you been up to this week? Um, so I finished Empire of Gold, obviously. Um, that's great. We're gonna have an episode on that later this week. Um, Shakaborty, wow, a very very talented writer. I'm excited to get into the juicy details with you because there's some stuff yeah. about that book that I didn't like very much too. Same. And I think we do Same. need to talk about it. But like conversations. Uh, the conversations were amazing. Just yeah. just unloading on people. Some really good tension there, but just like some of the relationships, it's like, come on. Oh my god. Come goodness. on. Are you serious? But anyway, let's make leave that for the for next Christ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's make that uh, the next episode. And we're finally done with David Bad. So that's cool. We're gonna be starting the Dark Tower uh, next week. This is so oh, exciting. Oh, oh, oh. But before the Dark Tower, we're gonna start uh, the book eaters. By Soon Yudin. For it's it's October. We're doing some spooky stuff. I I've read like twenty pages of it, so I don't even really have a good idea of what it's what's going on yet. But I can already tell there's there's a vibe to this book, The Book Eaters. There's it's weird. This is a very weird book, and I'm so happy to talk to you about it. You told me a couple weeks ago that it was about people eating books. Yes. Like yeah. literally people eating books. And so, yeah, so weird far, sounds about right. Yeah. I think we're going to get a pretty, some good mileage out of that one. It's okay. going to be a really interesting episode. I wonder what, I, I might make like special music for it or something. Ooh. We need something creepy. We need creepy music for yeah, it. Yeah, some creepy music. I've got a, a playlist on my phone for YouTube videos that are all like creepy sounds for scary books. So Ooh, I'm excited okay. to break that out. And you listen to that while you read it? Yeah, so I've got a Hell few yeah. different playlists on YouTube because I use YouTube Red, which this isn't an advertisement, but like YouTube Red is so worth $15 a month. You can close mm-hmm. out your phone. You can download stuff. It's awesome. YouTube, if you're listening, please send us money for that. Uh, <laughs> I'll, send, I'll send you an invoice. But yeah, YouTube Red is awesome, and I use it constantly when I'm reading because I love having like soundscapes and different playlists of um, like just 
music that doesn't have any lyrics or anything like that that's mm-hmm. really good for reading. But I have a special one for horror books. I got to make fun of you a little bit in a, in a really loving way because I also was like, oh, maybe I'll do this too and have and it's been great. So I have access to Evan's YouTube Red account <laughs> because we post things together and so we both just, like, <laughs> needed access to it. It took me and- so much. I had to trust Chad not to call me and make fun of my YouTube history. <laughs> but I think you're about to do that, aren't you? Oh, no. Barely. <laughs> it's like in a very good way. It's like a really cool. But I looked over, you know, like YouTube will recommend more of what you watch. (laughs) And I look over on the right hand side and there's like 14 different recommended like battle star of Star Wars soundtracks like like i was like what is this and it goes and it's just like the background noise yeah. of if you were on like a galactic cruiser it's all there for man. the dark side and you used yeah. to like little wee 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 of like the little robots coming by and they're like deep space humming you know like buttons being pressed and like random like storm stormtrooper chatter in the background so it's just great. oh it was so great i like left john for a while. i was like i'm gonna do some work to this for a while <laughs> did you see my uh every now and then it'll give you like a this is an hour and a half retrospective on twilight princess or something like that <laughs> oh, no. it's so silly because i'm swamped all the time I'm, I'm busy with stuff constantly but every now and then i'm like i'm just gonna kind of sit and like play video games and listen to somebody talk about a game that i've played like three times but i want to hear their take on it and uh-huh. uh, uh it's all it's all there it's, it's all there good for stuff it's good stuff i love your recommendations <laughs> thank you like i started using them it was great yeah you should they're good um let's see what else have i been doing um i finished that book uh lapvona by uh, otessa moshvig and uh didn't really like it very much really tell me about it oh man um i don't i don't know what she wanted me to feel like at the end huh. of it i don't know really i couldn't really tell you what it's about or why it was written or <laughs> um the writing was terrific really i want to read more stuff by otessa moshvig because i really liked it but i ended up reading it in a bunch of short sittings i thought i was going to crush it out really quickly but i would read like 20 pages and then just be like i don't really want to read this anymore it's about a small rural village like feudalist i think is what it's going for and the people that live in this village called lapvona and the lord that rules over them like their feudal lord so it was a pretty cool setting and there were definitely some weird and interesting moments to it but mostly it just felt kind of gross and pointless i don't know what i was supposed to get out of this book other than feudal lords are terrible and religious leaders are corrupt it's like okay well right that was a really sure. weird gross like meandering package you put it in and now i just i don't know it's just like, like gross I don't know, man. I don't want to get into it. But like, okay, okay. <laughs> just like, you always want to hear about like the worst stuff, you know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like this, like describing like this feudal lord and how like gross he is and like the way uh, okay. he eats and like just, like pustules on him and uh, stuff. Oh, just, like, yeah. Okay. And yeah, just, yeah, yeah. And then some other stuff. And maybe I missed something. Maybe it's supposed to be like this really amazing thing, but it was just, eh, it was okay. Didn't hit. I, I mean, I'm really glad it was only 300 pages. If it was like five or 600, I probably would have DNF'd it. But this 300 started off really strong i would recommend it to anybody that's looking for something that's kind of like off-putting and written really well yeah like if you're looking for something like that then lap phone is right up your alley but i guess maybe i just wasn't in the mood for it or something but meh. but other than that yeah not really much i didn't watch a marvel movie this week because i was so busy with stuff but the next one that i need to watch is uh spider-man homecoming i think nice. that's the next one i need to watch yeah i haven't watched any of the new spider-man movies apparently they're all really good they are yeah you're saving like the best for last i feel like the spider-mans are well i mean he's always kind of been my favorite superhero but spider-man's like the best superhero yeah he's like one of the most relatable 
Yeah, and he's got really amazing, really cool powers that you would actually want. Totally. Like, I would want to be able to swing around and be oh my super God. strong. So much and fun. Stuff. Like when I watched um, Avengers, uh, or no, Captain America: Civil War, that was the first time that that rendition of Peter Parker had been in these movies and stuff. And I loved him. He was so funny, and he was just like excited to be there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're all fighting, and he's just like, "This is so cool." Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, yeah watching, the actor does a killer job. Yeah, I'm excited for those. Uh, still need to watch um, uh, Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame, and I still haven't seen those. Um, yeah, like I said a couple podcasts ago, I mean, like I'm really excited about my Marvel journey, um, but I'm pretty bummed out that I I should have just went and saw these movies in theaters when I had the chance because They're I mean I've so got a, I've got a big nice TV and stuff and I can turn the lights off where I'm at and it's I can like kind of recreate it, but it's just not the same. It's just not even close. So there are moments where I feel like in a theater I would have been very excited and kind of overwhelmed with the colors and the lights and the sounds and everything and been kind of able to overlook some of like the kind of silly things that are happening in these movies. Right. But on my couch, it's that's not happening. <laughs> right. I'm sitting there like, okay, why what is going on? What why would that happen, you know? So the ability to pause and complain is like something yeah, you really don't want during those that's movies. That's a good yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I can, <laughs> I can pause and just think, wait, wait a minute. Why? The hell? They, yeah. Maybe I just should stop pausing it. Uh, and I'm also I'm almost done with the Airsats Elevator by Lemony Snicket, which is a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> Those books kind of bum me out. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, obviously they are the called title, a series. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know, I know, but it's still like they just kind of sometimes. Ah, man, I'm like reading them before bed sometimes, and it's just like, man, these kids just like seriously cannot catch a break ever. Like nobody cares about what they're going through. Nobody listens to them ever, Aww. and it's just like, nah. What a bummer! But I am kind of sad. Um, I acquired a couple audiobooks. I had some credits on Audible, and I was able to get the Tim Curry audiobooks for the next two of them. And folks, if you've never listened to Tim Curry narrate a book, oh, you are doing yourself a disservice. He is the best. Tim Curry. What about him makes him your favorite? His attention to the different characters and what their voices sound like and the distinctions between these characters voices the range the range of how different these people can all sound from each other is amazing he adds in sound effects like when mr poe is coughing it doesn't say it said it'll say mr poe coughed right but it doesn't show like in italics like cough cough or something like that but i think that when tim curry's reading it he doesn't say mr poe coughed he just coughs and like acts oh. it all out and then delivers the line. Well, so he won't actually say Mr. Pokoff. <laughs> he does every now and then, but for the most part, he doesn't really. Um, and so it works really, really well because it keeps you right in there. And yeah, Tim Curry is the best. Also the voice of Nigel Thornberry. People, people forget really? that. <laughs> I love that I show. I still love that show. It's so good. It's so good. Kind of scratches that like, you know, when you're a kid, you want to like be an explorer yeah. yeah, I always tuned in for the Wild Thornberries. Me too. I was a big fan. And also, just to let everybody know that's listening, speaking of like TV shows and stuff, um, Chad and I are going to do an episode on Arcane, season one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to do one ep one episode per episode like what we were doing with um, House of the Dragon and Rings of Power, because that's it would take us like eight weeks to watch Yeah, and they're already season. all out. Yeah, they're already out, so we'll do one episode, one nice long juicy episode on arcane i still have to watch all of it but chad you have you watched all of it i did yeah i watched the whole and like two days yeah i've heard like over a weekend i crushed yeah. it 
but we'll do it, a recap it, of it incredible. and stuff for everybody yeah we'll do like a nice long recap of everything and then do a discussion for it and i want to i want to do the episode right i just don't want to do like five hours of content for it or yeah whatever, yeah you know? no i think it would be best if we skip from high point to high point but i mean honestly every episode is a high point it is one of the best if not the best show that i've watched this year it is very wow. very good it's really high praise yeah dude. it's just okay. It, okay it's just done so well. you'll you'll see when you're, you're like man wow they killed this um let's go straight to the fictional fun fact is that me all right do i have to do I that you. yeah okay, cool. you. let's go all right so uh in 1994 michael crichton simultaneously topped the charts for film with jurassic park television with er and book sales for disclosure whoa what a titan of industry michael crichton was wow michael crichton the titan what year was that 94 94 wow good old early 90s what a time to be alive wow that's <laughs> i haven't even heard of that book yeah me neither um it seems to have not not be that one of his more popular ones um but i mean i guess I mean, it was really popular it yeah been. when it was when it came out but i forgot that he had created and was one of the executive producers for er that guy worked so hard <laughs> that guy worked so much Can you imagine that year oh my goodness apparently he used to write um 10,000 words a day whoa like i was looking at a list of how much different authors wrote uh, per day you know stephen king's like 2000 and some other people were like 1500 or a thousand or even like 500 a day you know and they were making that work and then you get down to michael crichton and it's 10,000 a day that's whoa. an obscene amount of writing that's an to obscene do. amount that's ridiculous that it would take i mean i don't know what his process was like but probably pretty flowy i would imagine just he's like pretty, go for it you know have you read any of his books yeah i've read a couple yeah he's pretty hit or miss for me like i've me read too. like six or seven of them so like jurassic park is really good i like the lost world a lot the movie kind of sucks but the the book is really good and eh, the movie doesn't suck it's just like not great um and then i read uh sphere which is awesome Sphere is really good. Kind of reminds me of that movie, The Abyss. I love The Abyss. Yeah, The Abyss is <laughs> that movie's so solid. That's James Cameron. <laughs> Who's just got such a thing for the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, totally. But uh, yeah, so we did Sphere. Um, Eaters of the Dead is really good. That's um, that's what they made that movie, The 13th Warrior, into. That Antonio mm. Banderas movie. Um, oh, okay. I read Next, which was yeah, pretty Next good. Yeah, Next is really good. Uh, but I also read Timeline, which was like not great. It's okay. It's about some people that go back in time, but it's just like there's a lot of fluff around it, and it's just mm. uh, it just takes forever to get to where it's going, in my opinion. And then, um, oh, I think it was called Rising Sun. <laughs> it's kind of like Die Hard, but it wasn't like Die Hard, obviously. But it's just in the sense that it all took place in like an office building, basically. Huh, okay. It's like some of his ideas for books, it's like that's kind of a cool idea, but did it need to be 600 pages, dude? Like that was a lot. That was a lot. But I mean, obviously, you can't deny. I mean, the man. <laughs> pumped out some legendary books. I mean like like Jurassic Park are you kidding me folks if you're listening right now you've never read Jurassic Park it is 100% worth your time it goes into way more detail about chaos theory it's way more violent it's way scarier like the movie was a it's a Spielberg romp you know I have a story about Jurassic Park okay tell me so um I mean it's not really much of a story because I was only four years old or like three years old or whatever but my parents in their infinite wisdom thought it'd be a terrific idea to take me and my twin brother to go see jurassic park in theaters and i was like three years old what yeah don't know why they thought it'd be a good idea i mean the beginning of the movie is terrifying this unseen dinosaur screeching in this box 
sucking a guy into its cage. <laughs> and then it only gets scarier for a three-year-old from there. Oh my gosh. I think I made it through that scene. But then once the Tyrannosaurus Rex scene came up, like the, the classic T-Rex scene when it breaks through the fence, Vaughn and I were just screaming our heads off apparently. <laughs> and, and like the whole theater was... Because like obviously by then... The theater is invested, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like one of the most the most like, important get your parts. Get three-year-old right. out of here. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine being in a movie theater watching Jurassic Park for the very first time when the ripples in those cups starts happening oh and the tension <laughs> in the room, and then <laughs> right when the the T Rex breaks through, these two twin three-year-olds are just screaming oh, <laughs> and ruining so the entire movie. Did your parents know, take you out of the movie? Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, for sure. But then obviously they had to like go watch it again because like without right. us but you know what that's on them they shouldn't have brought us yeah that's super on them yeah that's uh i remember i was not allowed to see that movie until i was like 13 what and then oh wow yeah no no my parents were very uh very much not cool with me seeing super violent movies when i was young um and i remember it used to always play on thanksgiving like nbc <laughs> or something would always play it thanksgiving we were, it's time yeah, for jurassic we, park yeah and i was like this year's the year this every year and because uh, they would always watch it on tv then finally one year my dad put it on and we just kind of like snuck it on and i remember like right. the t-rex was like ripping through people and my mom like calls up from the other room like john like what are you watching with the kids and he was like uh old yeller <laughs> 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 wait were you allowed to watch old yeller yeah what that's yeah, well, that would yeah, but, that, you know that would scar you for life yeah you know but it wasn't dinosaurs maiming it's true. people it, that's true I mean, it's not <laughs> it's not quite on the same level yeah there's some yeah. there's some pretty grizzly parts he of said Jurassic the same Park. thing when he showed me um saving private ryan too and Ooh. predator my mom thought we were watching old yeller all three your of dad, those your movies. dad just loves old yeller <laughs> yeah he just didn't know any other like movie and that like worked the one time so we'd always be like old yeller they'd look yeah. at me and go Shh. that part of old yeller where they storm normandy yeah, yeah right yeah i remember um there was like a week long period when i was like 11 or 12 where my parents watched jaws and saving private ryan and i was just happened to be in the room for both of them <laughs> and, oh wow and that kind of messed me up for a little bit like both of those movies in rapid succession yeah um especially saving private ryan obviously oh, man the uh the first r-rated movie that i watched i was gonna ask you i'm glad you went there oh ah, cool ah you're gonna i was like wait me. until you're at pause because i was gonna be like what's your first r-rated movie i'm pretty sure it was the matrix Ooh, okay matrix is r yeah i mean like it's like a whole scene where they just run through a lobby of a building and like murder like 30 people yeah um, but it's not really like super bloody i guess but anyway, it's like very yeah, yeah, stylized. The Matrix. I remember, so like I watched The Matrix, uh, and I watched it like a couple times because I was really excited to watch R-rated movies. I watched it as like, a, I don't know, I was like nine or 10 or something like that. And I remember th thinking like, oh, this is the cool movie with the guys in the cool coats and the sunglasses like shooting at each other or whatever. Yeah. And then when I was like 19 or 20, you know, maybe a little bit stony, like, you know, open to lots of new ideas. I yes, watched it yes. again and it it seriously blew my mind apart it was so cliche because i was just like talking to my friends about the matrix <laughs> like have, okay have, do you know what this movie is about and they're all just like yeah evan of course we do like yeah, this is we went through this like yeah. seven years ago <laughs> <laughs> I but i hadn't watched it in so long and i watched the whole trilogy too and it you know obviously it gets more confusing and convoluted Very as convoluted. as they go but um i had like the matrix experience that people probably did that were my age back when it came out and it explains why it was such a 
a massive like successful movie because for the longest time I, I you know it's just i kind of just put it at it's a fun action movie it's the matrix you know it's just like ah they're going in and out of computer programs or whatever you know like right. whatever that is but like the real deep meaning behind that movie like really struck home with me and uh you know i wouldn't i wouldn't let it go for a couple weeks <laughs> so late on it what was the first r-rated movie that you saw in theaters I don't know if I remember the first one in theaters, but I'll tell you my first R-rated movie that I ever watched. Oh, wait, I thought you already said what it was. What Wouldn't it have been Jurassic Park with your with your dad? Was that not oh, your first one? No, that was not my oh, first one. Oh, no. interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. No, my first R-rated movie was at my aunt's house, who made me promise not to tell my mom, uh, and it was Con Air. Oh, that's a really good it's one. A really good movie. Oh, that movie's so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah, like Steve Buscemi at his finest. John like... Malkovich. Yeah. Nick Cage. Oh man, what a Dave great Chappelle's movie. in that movie. Yeah, he is. Wow, yeah, yeah that's star studded. Yeah, that was a great, great movie. And so uh, yeah, that was my first ever. It's a very stupid. Also. Put the bunny back in the box. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that ridiculous southern accent. <laughs> yeah, that was my first ever uh, R-rated movie. Stupid movie. I know. I remember I just thought it was so awesome though. <laughs> what if we had a plane full of convicts? What if they crash into the Las Vegas strip at the end and everyone dies and gets ripped apart except for Nicolas Cage? Who's able to deliver the fluffy bear? He finally gets the bunny (laughs) back to his kid. Yeah, I kind of want to watch that again. Should I, though? I don't know. I wonder if it's better in your brain or if it's uh, Wistad. I think it's better in my mind than it really was. I know there's something about like late '90s, early 2000s action movies. Just we will never see their like again. We will never see their like again. Yeah, and on that note, I think uh, we're gonna wrap it up here today, everybody. All right. I love how off-topic we get by the end of these episodes. Oh man, just so good. <laughs> it's like oh, my favorite boy. parts. Yeah, mine too. Actually, I love <laughs> finding out where we're gonna end up. If you would have told me we're gonna end up talking about Con Air at the end of this, uh, I don't know if I would have believed you. But here we are. <laughs> here we are once again, everybody. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Really appreciate you being here with us and sharing your morning with Chad and myself. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.